0: The Magna Carta. By Anonymous. This file contains a number of versions of the Magna Carta, some of which were a little mangled in transit. I am sure our volunteers will find and correct errors I didn't catch, and that version 0.21.0 will have significant improvements, as well as at least one more version in Latin. Version 1.0 may contain a dozen different versions. The text of Magna Carta. John, by the grace of God King of England, Lord of Ireland, Duke of Normandy and Aquitaine, and Count of Anjou, to his archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, barons, justices, foresters, sheriffs, stewards, servants, and to all his officials and loyal subjects, greeting. Know that before God, for the health of our soul and those of our ancestors and heirs, to the honor of God, the exaltation of the holy church, and the better ordering of our kingdom, at the advice of our Rev. Father Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, Primate of All-England, and Cardinal of the Holy Roman Church, Henry Archbishop of Dublin, William Bishop of London, Peter Bishop of Winchester, Jocelyn Bishop of Bath and Glastonbury, Hugh Bishop of Lincoln, Walter Bishop of Worcester, William Bishop of Coventry, Benedict Bishop of Rochester, Master Pandolf Subdeacon and Member of the Papal Household, Brother Emeric Master of the Knighthood of the Temple in England, William Marshall Earl of Pembroke, William Earl of Salisbury, William Earl of Warren, William Earl of Arundel, Alan de Galloway Constable of Scotland, Warren Fitzgerald, Peter Fitzherbert, Hubert de Burgh, Seneschal of Poitou, Hugh de Neville, Matthew Fitzherbert, Thomas Bassett, Alan Bassett, Philip Daubeny, Robert de Ropoli, John Marshall, John Fitzhugh, and other loyal subjects. One, first, that we have granted to God, and by this present charter have confirmed for us and our heirs in perpetuity, that the English Church shall be free, and shall have its rights undiminished, and its liberties unimpaired. That we wish this so to be observed appears from the fact that of our own free will, before the outbreak of the present dispute between us and our barons, we granted and confirmed by charter the freedom of the church's elections a right reckoned to be of the greatest necessity and importance to it and cause this to be confirmed by Pope Innocent III. This freedom we shall observe ourselves, and desire to be observed in good faith by our heirs in perpetuity. To all free men of our kingdom we have also granted, for us and our heirs forever, all the liberties written out below, to have and to keep for them and their heirs, of us and our heirs. Two, if any earl, baron, or other person that holds lands directly of the crown, for military service, shall die, and at his death his heir shall be of full age and owe a relief, the heir shall have his inheritance on payment of the ancient scale of relief. That is to say, the heir or heirs of an earl shall pay one hundred for the entire earl's barony, the heir or heirs of a knight one hundredths, at most for the entire knight's fee, and any man that owes less shall pay less, in accordance with the ancient usage of fees. 3. But if the heir of such a person is under age in a ward, When he comes of age he shall have his inheritance without relief or fine. For the guardian of the land of an heir who is under age shall take from it only reasonable revenues, customary dues, and feudal services. He shall do this without destruction or damage to men or property. If we have given the guardianship of the land to a sheriff, or to any person answerable to us for the revenues, and he commits destruction or damage, we will exact compensation from him and the land shall be entrusted to two worthy and prudent men of the same fee, who shall be answerable to us for the revenues, or to the person to whom we have assigned them. If we have given or sold to anyone the guardianship of such land, and he causes destruction or damage, he shall lose the guardianship of it, and it shall be handed over to two worthy and prudent men of the same fee, who shall be similarly answerable to us. 5. For so long as a guardian has guardianship of such land, he shall maintain the houses, parks, fish preserves, ponds, mills, and everything else pertaining to it, from the revenues of the land itself. When the heir comes of age, he shall restore the whole land to him, stocked with plough teams and such implements of husbandry as the season demands and the revenues from the land can reasonably bear. 6. Heirs may be given in marriage, but not to someone of lower social standing. Before a marriage takes place— it shall be made known to the heirs next of kin. 7. At her husband's death, a widow may have her marriage portion and inheritance at once and without trouble. She shall pay nothing for her dower, marriage portion, or any inheritance that she and her husband held jointly on the day of his death. She may remain in her husband's house for forty days after his death, and within this period her dower shall be assigned to her. 8. No widow shall be compelled to marry. So long as she wishes to remain without a husband. But she must give security that she will not marry without royal consent, if she holds her lands of the crown, or without the consent of whatever other lord she may hold them of. 9. Either we nor our officials will seize any land or rent in payment of a debt, so long as the debtor has movable goods sufficient to discharge the debt. A debtor's sureties shall not be distrained upon so long as the debtor himself can discharge his debt. If, for lack of means, the debtor is unable to discharge his debt, his sureties shall be answerable for it. If they so desire, they may have the debtor's lands and rents until they have received satisfaction for the debt that they paid for him, unless the debtor can show that he has settled his obligations to them. 10. If anyone who has borrowed a sum of money from Jews dies before the debt has been repaid, his heir shall pay no interest on the debt for so long as he remains under age irrespective of whom he holds his lands. If such a debt falls into the hands of the crown, it will take nothing except the principal sum specified in the bond. 11. If a man dies owing money to Jews, his wife may have her dower and pay nothing towards the debt from it. If he leaves children that are underage, their needs may also be provided for on a scale appropriate to the size of his holding of lands. The debt is to be paid out of the residue, reserving the service due to his feudal lords. Debts owed to persons other than Jews are to be dealt with similarly. 12. No scutage or aid may be levied in our kingdom without its general consent, unless it is for the ransom of our person, to make our eldest son a knight, and once, to marry our eldest daughter. For these purposes only a reasonable aid may be levied. Aids from the City of London are to be treated similarly. 13 the City of London shall enjoy all its ancient liberties and free customs, both by land and by water. We also will and grant that all other cities, boroughs, towns, and ports shall enjoy all their liberties and free customs. 14. To obtain the general consent of the realm for the assessment of an aid except in the three cases specified above or a scutage, we will cause the archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, and greater barons to be summoned individually by letter. To those who hold lands directly of us we will cause a general summons to be issued, through the sheriffs and other officials, to come together on a fixed day, of which at least forty days' notice shall be given, and at a fixed place. In all letters of summons, the cause of the summons will be stated. When a summons has been issued, the business appointed for the day shall go forward in accordance with the resolution of those present, even if not all those who were summoned have appeared. 15. In future we will allow no one to levy an aid from his free men, except to ransom his person, to make his eldest son a knight, and once, to marry his eldest daughter. For these purposes only a reasonable aid may be levied. 16. No man shall be forced to perform more service for a knight's fee, or other freeholding of land, than is due from it. 17. Ordinary lawsuits shall not follow the royal court around, but shall be held in a fixed place. 18. Inquests of Novel de season, Mort d'ancestor, and daraine presentment shall be taken only in their proper county court. We ourselves, or in our absence abroad our chief justice, will send two justices to each county four times a year, and these justices, with four knights of the county elected by the county itself, shall hold the assizes in the county court, on the day and in the place where the court meets. 19. If any assizes cannot be taken on the day of the county court as many knights and freeholders shall afterwards remain behind, of those who have attended the court, as will suffice for the administration of justice, having regard to the volume of business to be done. 20. For a trivial offence, a free man shall be fined only in proportion to the degree of his offence, and for a serious offence correspondingly, but not so heavily as to deprive him of his livelihood. In the same way, a merchant shall be spared his merchandise and a husbandman the implements of his husbandry, if they fall upon the mercy of a royal court. None of these fines shall be imposed except by the assessment on oath of reputable men of the neighborhood. 21. Earls and barons shall be fined only by their equals, and in proportion to the gravity of their offense. 22. A fine imposed upon the lay property of a clerk in holy orders shall be assessed upon the same principles, without reference to the value of his ecclesiastical benefice. 23. No town or person shall be forced to build bridges over rivers except those with an ancient obligation to do so. 24. No sheriff, constable, coroners, or other royal officials are to hold lawsuits that should be held by the royal justices. 25. Every county, hundred wapentake, and tithing shall remain at its ancient rent, without increase, except the royal domain manors. If at the death of a man who holds a lay fee of the crown, a sheriff or royal official produces royal letters patent of summons for a debt due to the crown, it shall be lawful for them to seize and list movable goods found in the lay fee of the dead man to the value of the debt, as assessed by worthy men. Nothing shall be removed until the whole debt is paid, when the residue shall be given over to the executors to carry out the dead man's will. If no debt is due to the crown, All the movable goods shall be regarded as the property of the dead man, except the reasonable shares of his wife and children. 27. If a free man dies intestate, his movable goods are to be distributed by his next of kin and friends, under the supervision of the church. The rights of his debtors are to be preserved. 28. No constable or other royal official shall take corn or other movable goods from any man without immediate payment. Unless the seller voluntarily offers postponement of this. 29. No constable may compel a knight to pay money for castle guard if the knight is willing to undertake the guard in person, or with reasonable excuse to supply some other fit man to do it. A knight taken or sent on military service shall be excused from castle guard for the period of this service. 30. No sheriff, royal official, or other person shall take horses or carts for transport from any free man without his consent. 31. Either we nor any royal official will take wood for our castle, or for any other purpose, without the consent of the owner. 32. We will not keep the lands of people convicted of felony in our hand for longer than a year and a day, after which they shall be returned to the lords of the fees concerned. 33. All fishwears shall be removed from the Thames, the Medway, and throughout the whole of England, except on the sea coast. 34. The writ called preside shall not in future be issued to anyone in respect of any holding of land, if a free man could thereby be deprived of the right of trial in his own lord's court. 35. There shall be standard measures of wine, ale, and corn, the London quarter, throughout the kingdom. There shall also be a standard width of dyed cloth, russet, and haberject, namely two ells within the selvages. Weights are to be standardized similarly. 36. In future nothing shall be paid or accepted for the issue of a writ of inquisition of life or limbs. It shall be given gratis, and not refused. 37. If a man holds land of the crown by fee-farm, sockage, or burgage, and also holds land of someone else for knight's service, we will not have guardianship of his heir, nor of the land that belongs to the other person's fee, by virtue of the fee-farm, sockage, or burgage, unless the fee-farm owes knight's service. We will not have the guardianship of a man's heir, or of land that he holds of someone else, by reason of any small property that he may hold of the crown for a service of knives, arrows, or the like. 38. In future, no official shall place a man on trial upon his own unsupported statement, without producing credible witnesses to the truth of it. 39. No free man shall be seized or imprisoned, or stripped of his rights or possessions, or outlawed or exiled or deprived of his standing in any other way, nor will we proceed with force against him, or send others to do so, except by the lawful judgment of his equals or by the law of the land. 40. To no one will we sell, to no one deny or delay right or justice. 41. All merchants may enter or leave England unharmed and without fear, and may stay or travel within it, by land or water, for purposes of trade, free from all illegal exactions, in accordance with ancient and lawful customs. This, however, does not apply in time of war to merchants from a country that is at war with us. Any such merchants found in our country at the outbreak of war shall be detained without injury to their persons or property, until we or our chief justice have discovered how our own merchants are being treated in the country at war with us. If our own merchants are safe they shall be safe too. 42. In future it shall be lawful for any man to leave and return to our kingdom unharmed and without fear, by land or water, preserving his allegiance to us, except in time of war, for some short period, for the common benefit of the realm. People that have been imprisoned or outlawed in accordance with the law of the land, people from a country that is at war with us, and merchants who shall be dealt with as stated above are accepted from this provision. 43. If a man holds lands of any escheat, such as the honour of Wallingford, Nottingham, Boulogne, Lancaster, or of other escheats in our hand that are baronies, at his death his heir shall give us only the relief and service that he would have made to the baron, had the barony been in the baron's hand. We will hold the escheat in the same manner as the baron held it. 44. People who live outside the forest need not in future appear before the royal justices of the forest in answer to general summonses unless they are actually involved in proceedings or sureties for someone who has been seized for a forest offence. 45. We will appoint as justices, constables, sheriffs, or other officials, only men that know the law of the realm and are minded to keep it well. 46. All barons who have founded abbeys, and have charters of English kings or ancient tenure as evidence of this, may have guardianship of them when there is no abbot, as is their due. 47. All forests that have been created in our reign shall at once be disafforested. River banks that have been enclosed in our reign shall be treated similarly. 48. All evil customs relating to forests and warrens, foresters, warners, sheriffs and their servants, or river banks and their wardens, are at once to be investigated in every county by twelve sworn knights of the county, and within forty days of their inquiry the evil customs are to be abolished completely and irrevocably. But we, or our Chief Justice if we are not in England, are first to be informed. 49. We will at once return all hostages and charters delivered up to us by Englishmen as security for peace or for loyal service. Here were some strange characters, not completely removed. 50. We will remove completely from their offices the kinsmen of Gerard de D H, Peter, Guy, and Andrew de Chansos Guy de Sigoni and in future they shall hold no offices in England. The people in question are Angelard de Sigone, Geoffrey de Martigny and his brothers, Philip Mark and his brothers, with Geoffrey his nephew, and all their followers. Asterisk, as soon as peace is restored, we will remove from the kingdom all the foreign knights, bowmen, their attendants, and the mercenaries that have come to it, to its harm, with horses and arms. Asterisk to any man whom we have deprived or dispossessed of lands, castles, liberties, or rights, without the lawful judgment of his equals, we will at once restore these. In cases of dispute the matter shall be resolved by the judgment of the twenty-five barons referred to below in the clause for securing the peace. In cases, however, where a man was deprived or dispossessed of something without the lawful judgment of his equals by our father King Henry or our brother King Richard, and it remains in our hands or is held by others under our warranty, we shall have respite for the period commonly allowed to crusaders, unless a lawsuit had been begun, or an inquirer had been made at our order, before we took the cross as a crusader. On our return from the crusade, or if we abandon it, we will at once render justice in full. Asterisk we shall have similar respite in rendering justice in connection with forests that are to be disafforested, or to remain forests, when these were first a by our father Henry or our brother Richard, with the guardianship of lands in another person's fee, when we have hitherto had this by virtue of a fee held of us for knight's service by a third party, and with abbeys founded in another person's fee, in which the lord of the fee claims to own a right, on our return from the crusade, or if we abandon it, we will at once do full justice to complaints about these matters. Asterisk No one shall be arrested or imprisoned on the appeal of a woman for the death of any person except her husband. Asterisk All fines that have been given to us unjustly and against the law of the land, and all fines that we have exacted unjustly, shall be entirely remitted or the matter decided by a majority judgment of the twenty five barons referred to below in the clause for securing the peace together with Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, if he can be present, and such others as he wishes to bring with him. If the archbishop cannot be present, proceedings shall continue without him, provided that if any of the twenty-five barons has been involved in a similar suit himself, his judgment shall be set aside, and someone else chosen and sworn in his place, as a substitute for the single occasion, by the rest of the twenty-five. If we have deprived or dispossessed any Welshmen of lands, liberties, or anything else in England or in Wales, without the lawful judgment of their equals, these are at once to be returned to them. A dispute on this point shall be determined in the marches by the judgment of equals. English law shall apply to holdings of land in England, Welsh law to those in Wales, and the law of the marches to those in the marches. The Welsh shall treat us and ours in the same way. Asterisk in cases where a Welshman was deprived or dispossessed of anything, without the lawful judgment of his equals, by our father King Henry or our brother King Richard, and it remains in our hands or is held by others under our warranty, we shall have respite for the period commonly allowed to crusaders, unless a lawsuit had been begun, or an inquirer had been made at our order, before we took the cross as a crusader. But on our return from the crusade, or if we abandon it, we will at once do full justice according to the laws of Wales and the said regions. Asterisk we will at once return the son of Llywelyn, all Welsh hostages and the charters delivered to us as security for the peace. Asterisk with regard to the return of the sisters and hostages of Alexander, King of Scotland, his liberties and his rights, we will treat him in the same way as our other barons of England, unless it appears from the charters that we hold from his father William, formerly King of Scotland, that he should be treated otherwise. This matter shall be resolved by the judgment of his equals in our court. Asterisk all these customs and liberties that we have granted shall be observed in our kingdom in so far as concerns our own relations with our subjects. Let all men of our kingdom, whether clergy or laymen, observe them similarly in their relations with their own men. Strange characters may have ended here. Since we have granted all these things for God, for the better ordering of our kingdom, and to allay the discord that has arisen between us and our barons, And since we desire that they shall be enjoyed in their entirety, with lasting strength, forever, we give and grant to the barons the following security. Asterisk the barons shall elect twenty-five of their number to keep, and cause to be observed with all their might, the peace and liberties granted and confirmed to them by this charter. Asterisk if we, our chief justice, our officials, or any of our servants offend in any respect against any man or transgress any of the articles of the peace, or of this security, and the offence is made known to four of the said twenty-five barons, they shall come to us, or in our absence from the kingdom to the chief justice to declare it, and claim immediate redress. If we, or in our absence abroad the chief justice, make no redress within forty days, reckoning from the day on which the offence was declared to us or to him, the four barons shall refer the matter to the rest of the twenty-five barons, who may distrain upon and assail us in every way possible, with the support of the whole community of the land, by seizing our castles, lands, possessions, or anything else saving only our own person and those of the queen and our children, until they have secured such redress as they have determined upon. Having secured the redress, they may then resume their normal obedience to us. Asterisk any man who so desires may take an oath to obey the commands of the twenty-five barons for the achievement of these ends, and to join with them in assailing us to the utmost of his power. We give public and free permission to take this oath to any man who so desires, and at no time will we prohibit any man from taking it. Indeed, we will compel any of our subjects who are unwilling to take it to swear it at our command. Asterisk if one of the twenty-five barons dies or leaves the country or is prevented in any other way from discharging his duties, the rest of them shall choose another baron in his place, at their discretion, who shall be duly sworn in as they were. Asterisk in the event of disagreement among the twenty-five barons on any matter referred to them for decision, the verdict of the majority present shall have the same validity, as a unanimous verdict of the whole twenty-five, whether these were all present, or some of those summoned were unwilling or unable to appear. Asterisk the twenty-five barons shall swear to obey all the above articles faithfully, and shall cause them to be obeyed by others to the best of their power. Asterisk we will not seek to procure from anyone, either by our own efforts or those of a third party, anything by which any part of these concessions or liberties might be revoked or diminished. Should such a thing be procured, it shall be null and void and we will at no time make use of it, either ourselves or through a third party we have remitted and pardoned fully to all men any ill-will, hurt, or grudges that have arisen between us and our subjects, whether clergy or laymen, since the beginning of the dispute. We have in addition remitted fully, and for our own part have also pardoned, to all clergy and laymen any offences committed as a result of the said dispute between Easter 1215 Ad and the Restoration of Peace. In addition we have caused letters patent to be made for the barons, bearing witness to this security and to the concessions set out above, over the seals of Stephen Archbishop of Canterbury, Henry Archbishop of Dublin, the other bishops named above, and Master Pandolf, It is accordingly our wish and command that the English Church shall be free, and that men in our kingdom shall have and keep all these liberties, rights, and concessions, well and peaceably in their fullness and entirety for them and their heirs, of us and our heirs, in all things and all places for ever. Both we and the barons have sworn that all this shall be observed in good faith and without deceit. Witness the above-mentioned people and many others. Given by our hand in the meadow that is called Runnymede, between Windsor and Staines, on the fifteenth day of June in the seventeenth year of our reign. There were many missing spaces in this one, not sure I got them all. Magna Carta 1215. John, by the grace of God, King of England, Lord of Ireland, Duke of Normandy and Aquitaine, and Count of Anjou, to the archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, barons, justiciars, foresters, sheriffs, stewards, servants, and to all his bailiffs and liege subjects greeting. Know that, having regard to God and for the salvation of our soul, and those of all our ancestors and heirs, and unto the honor of God and the advancement of holy church, and for the reform of our realm. By advice of our Venerable Fathers, Stephen Archbishop of Canterbury, Primate of All England and Cardinal of the Holy Roman Church, Henry Archbishop of Dublin, William of London, Peter of Winchester, Jocelyn of Bath and Glastonbury, Hugh of Lincoln, Walter of Worcester, William of Coventry, Benedict of Rochester, bishops, of Master Pandulph, subdeacon and member of the household of Our Lord the Pope, of Brother Emeric, Master of the Knights of the Temple in England, and of the illustrious men William Marshall, Earl of Pembroke, William Earl of Salisbury, William Earl of Warren, William Earl of Arundel, Alan of Galloway, Constable of Scotland, Warren Fitzgerald, Peter Fitzherbert, Hubert de Burgh, Seneschal of Poitou, Hugh de Neville, Matthew Fitzherbert, Thomas Bassett, Alan Bassett, Philip Daubigny, Robert of Ropesley, John Marshall, John Fitzhugh, and others, our liegemen. 1. In the first place we have granted to God, and by this our present charter confirmed for us and our heirs forever that the English Church shall be free, and shall have her rights entire, and her liberties inviolate, and we will that it be thus observed, which is apparent from this that the freedom of elections, which is reckoned most important and very essential to the English Church, we, of our pure and unconstrained will, did grant, and did by our charter confirm, and did obtain the ratification of the same from our Lord, Pope Innocent III, before the quarrel arose between us and our barons, and this we will observe, and our will is that it be observed in good faith by our heirs for ever. We have also granted to all freemen of our kingdom, for us and our heirs for ever, all the underwritten liberties, to be had and held by them and their heirs, of us and our heirs for ever. If any of our earls or barons, or others holding of us in chief by military service shall have died, and at the time of his death his heir shall be of full age and, oh, relief, he shall have his inheritance on payment of the ancient relief, namely the heir or heirs of an earl, one hundred pounds for a whole earl's barony, the heir or heirs of a baron, one hundred pounds for a whole barony, the heir or heirs of a knight, one hundred shillings at most for a whole knight's fee, and whoever owes less let him give less, according to the ancient custom officers. 3. If, however, the heir of any of the aforesaid has been under age and in wardship, let him have his inheritance without relief and without fine when he comes of age. 4. The guardian of the land of an heir who is thus under age shall take from the land of the heir nothing but reasonably produce, reasonable customs, and reasonable services and that without destruction or waste of men or goods, and if we have committed the wardship of the lands of any such minor to the sheriff, or to any other who is responsible to us for its issues, and he has made destruction or waste of what he holds in wardship, we will take of him amends, and the land shall be committed to two lawful and discreet men of that fee, who shall be responsible for the issues to us or to him to whom we shall assign them. And if we have given or sold the wardship of any such land to anyone, and he has therein made destruction or waste, he shall lose that wardship, and it shall be transferred to two lawful and discreet men of that fief, who shall be responsible to us in like manner as aforesaid. 5. The guardian, moreover, so long as he has the wardship of the land, shall keep up the houses, parks, fishponds, stanks, mills, and other things pertaining to the land, out of the issues of the same land and he shall restore to the heir, when he has come to full age, all his land, stocked with plows and wainage, according as the season of husbandry shall require, and the issues of the land can reasonably bear. 6. Heirs shall be married without disparagement, yet so that before the marriage takes place the nearest in blood to that heir shall have notice. 7. A widow, after the death of her husband, shall forthwith and without difficulty have her marriage portion and inheritance, nor shall she give anything for her dower, or for her marriage portion, or for the inheritance which her husband and she held on the day of the death of that husband, and she may remain in the house of her husband for forty days after his death, within which time her dower shall be assigned to her. 8. No widow shall be compelled to marry, so long as she prefers to live without a husband provided always that she gives security not to marry without our consent, if she holds of us, or without the consent of the Lord of whom she holds, if she holds of another. 9. Either we nor our bailiffs shall seize any land or rent for any debt, so long as the chattels of the debtor are sufficient to repay the debt, nor shall the sureties of the debtor be distrained so long as the principal debtor is able to satisfy the debt, and if the principal debtor shall fail to pay the debt, having nothing wherewith to pay it, Then the sureties shall answer for the debt. And let them have the lands and rents of the debtor, if they desire them, until they are indemnified for the debt which they have paid for him, unless the principal debtor can show proof that he is discharged thereof as against the said sureties. 10. If one who has borrowed from the Jews any sum, great or small, die before that loan can be repaid, the debt shall not bear interest while the heir is under age, of whomsoever he may hold. And if the debt fall into our hands, We will not take anything except the principal sum contained in the bond. 11. And if any one die indebted to the Jews, his wife shall have her dower and pay nothing of that debt, and if any children of the deceased are left underage, necessary shall be provided for them in keeping with the holding of the deceased, and out of the residue the debt shall be paid, reserving, however, service due to feudal lords. In like manner let it be done touching debts due to others than Jews. 12. No scuttage nor aid shall be imposed on our kingdom, unless by common counsel of our kingdom, except for ransoming our person, for making our eldest son a knight, and for once marrying our eldest daughter, and for these there shall not be levied more than a reasonable aid. In like manner it shall be done concerning aids from the city of London. 13. And the city of London shall have all its ancient liberties and free customs, as well by land as by water. Furthermore, we decree and grant that all other cities, boroughs, towns, and ports shall have all their liberties and free customs. 14. And for obtaining the common council of the kingdom and ant the assessing of an aid, except in the three cases aforesaid, or of a scuttage, we will cause to be summoned the archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, and greater barons, severally by our letters, and we will moreover cause to be summoned generally, through our sheriffs and bailiffs all others who hold of us in chief, for a fixed date, namely, after the expiry of at least forty days, and at a fixed place, and in all letters of such, summons we will specify the reason of the summons. And when the summons has thus been made, the business shall proceed on the day appointed, according to the counsel of such as are present, although not all who were summoned have come. 15. We will not for the future grant to any one license to take an aid from his own free tenants, except to ransom his body, to make his eldest son a knight, and once to marry his eldest daughter, and on each of these occasions there shall be levied only a reasonable aid. 16. No one shall be distrained for performance of greater service for a knight's fee, or for any other free tenement, than is due therefrom. 17. Common pleas shall not follow our court, but shall be held in some fixed place. 18. Inquests of Novel this season, of de ancestor and of Darain presentment, shall not be held elsewhere than in their own county courts and that in manner following, we, or, if we should be out of the realm, our chief justiciar, will send two justiciars through every county four times a year, who shall, along with four knights of the county chosen by the county, hold the set assize in the county court, on the day and in the place of meeting of that court. 19. And if any of the said assizes cannot be taken on the day of the county court, let there remain of the knights and freeholders, who were present at the county court on that day, as many as may be required for the efficient making of judgments, according as the business be more or less. 20. A freeman shall not be immersed for a slight offence, except in accordance with the degree of the offence, and for a grave offence he shall be immersed in accordance with the gravity of the offence, yet saving always his. CONTENTMENT And a merchant in the same way, saving his MERCHANDISE And a villain shall be immersed in the same way, saving his wainage, If they have fallen into our mercy And none of the aforesaid immersements shall be impst except by the oath of honest men of the NEIGHBORHOOD Twenty-one Earls and barons shall not be immersed except through their peers And only in accordance with the degree of the offense Twenty-two. A clerk shall not be immersed in respect of his lay-holding except after the manner of the others aforesaid. Further, he shall not be immersed in accordance with the extent of his ecclesiastical benefice. 23. No village or individual shall be compelled to make bridges at river banks, except those who from of old were legally bound to do so. 24. No sheriff, constable, coroners, or others of our bailiffs shall hold pleas of our crown. 25. All counties, hundreds, wapentakes, and, and try things, except our domain manners, shall remain at old rents, and without any additional payment. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk here may be an error. 26. If any one holding of us a lay fief shall die, and our sheriff or bailiff shall exhibit our letter's patent of summons for a debt which the deceased owed to us, it shall be lawful for our sheriff or bailiff to attach and catalog chattels of the deceased, found upon the lay fief to the value of that debt, at the sight of lawworthy men, provided always that nothing whatever be then be removed until the debt which is evident shall be fully paid to us, and the residue shall be left to the executors to fulfill the will of the deceased. And if there be nothing due from him to us, all the chattel shall go to the deceased, saving to his wife and children their reasonable shares. 27. If any freeman shall die intestate, his chattel shall be distributed by the hands of his nearest kinsfolk and friends, under supervision of the church, saving to every one the debts which the deceased owed to him. 28. No constable or other bailiff of ours shall take corn or other provisions from any one without immediately tendering money therefore, unless he can have postponement thereof by permission of the seller. 29. No constable shall compel any knight to give money in lieu of castle guard. When he is willing to perform it in his own person, or, if he cannot do it from any reasonable cause, then by another responsible man. Further, if we have led or sent him upon military service, he shall be relieved from guard in proportion to the time during which he has been on service because of us. 30. No sheriff or bailiff of ours, or other person, shall take the horses or carts of any freeman for transport duty, against the will of the said freeman. 31. Either we nor our bailiffs shall take, for our castles or for any other work of ours, wood which is not ours, against the will of the owner of that wood. 32. We will not retain beyond one year and one day, the lands of those who have been convicted of felony, and the lands shall thereafter be handed over to the lords of the fiefs. 33. All kittles for the future shall be removed altogether from Thames and Medway, and throughout all England, except upon the seashore. 34. The writ which is called perceived shall not for the future be issued to any one, regarding any tenement whereby a freeman may lose his court. 35. Let there be one measure of wine throughout our whole realm, and one measure of ale, and one measure of corn, to wit, the London quarter, and one width of cloth, whether dyed, or russet, or halberget, to wit, two ells within the selvages, of weights also let it be as of measures. 36. Nothing in future shall be given or taken for a writ of inquisition of life or limbs, but freely it shall be granted, and never denied. 37. If any one holds of us by fee by sockage, or by burgage, and holds also land of another lord by knight's service, we will not, by reason of that fee farm, sockage, or burgage, have the wardship of the heir, or of such land of his as is of the fief of that other, nor shall we have wardship of that fee farm, or burgage, unless such fee-farm owes knight's service. We will not by reason of any small sergeanty which any one may hold of us by the service of rendering to us knives, arrows, or the like, have wardship of his heir of the land which he holds of another lord by knight's service. 38. No bailiff for the future shall, upon his own unsupported complaint, put any one to his law, without credible witnesses brought for this purpose. 39. No freeman shall be taken or imprisoned or deceased or exiled or in any way destroyed, nor will we go upon him nor send upon him, except by the lawful judgment of his peers or by the law of the land. 40. To no one will we sell, to no one will we refuse or delay, right or justice. 41. All merchants shall have safe and secure exit from England, and entry to England, with the right to tarry there and to move about as well by land as by water. For buying and selling by the ancient and right customs, quit from all evil tolls, except, in time of war, such merchants as are of the land at war with us. And if such are found in our land at the beginning of the war, they shall be detained, without injury to their bodies or goods, until information be received by us, or by our chief justiciar, how the merchants of our land found in the land at war with us are treated. And if our men are safe there, the others shall be safe in our land. 42. It shall be lawful in future for any one, excepting always those imprisoned or outlawed in accordance with the law of the kingdom, and natives of any country at war with us, and merchants, who shall be treated as is above provided, to leave our kingdom and to return, safe and secure by land and water, except for a short period in time of war, on grounds of public policy, reserving always the allegiance due to us. 43. If any one holding of some escheat, such as the honour of Wallingford, Nottingham, Boulogne, Lancaster, or of other escheats which are in our hands and our baronies, shall die, his heir shall give no other relief, and perform no other service to us than he would have done to the baron, if that barony had been in the baron's hand, and we shall hold it in the same manner in which the baron held it. 44. Men who dwell without the forest need not henceforth come before our justiciars of the forest upon a general summons, except those who are impleaded or who have become sureties for any person or persons attached for forest offences. 45. We will appoint as justices, constables, sheriffs, or bailiffs only such as know the law of the realm and mean to observe it well. 46. All barons who have founded abbeys, concerning which they hold charters from the kings of England, or of which they have long continued possession, shall have the wardship of them, when vacant, as they ought to have. Forty-seven. All forests that have been made such in our time shall forthwith be disafforested, and a similar course shall be followed with regard to river banks that have been placed, in defence, by us in our time. 48. All evil customs connected with forests and warrens, foresters and warreners, sheriffs and their officers, river banks and their wardens, shall immediately be inquired into in each county by twelve sworn knights of the same county chosen by the honest men of the same county, and shall, within forty days of the said inquest, be utterly abolished, so as never to be restored, provided always that we previously have intimation thereof, or our justiciar, if we should not be in England. 49. We will immediately restore all hostages and charters delivered to us by Englishmen, as sureties of the peace or of faithful service. 50. We will entirely remove from their bailiwicks the relations of Gerardithi, so that in future they shall have no bailiwick in England, namely, Engelard of Sigoni, Peter, Guy, and Andrew of Chansos, Guy of Sigoni, Geoffrey of Martigny with his brothers, Philip Mark with his brothers and his nephew Geoffrey, and the whole brood of the same. 51. As soon as peace is restored we will banish from the kingdom all foreign-born knights, crossbowmen, sergeants, and mercenary soldiers, who have come with horses and arms to the kingdom's hurt. Fifty-two. If any one has been dispossessed or removed by us, without the legal judgment of his peers, from his lands, castles, franchises, or from his right, we will immediately restore them to him. And if a dispute arise over this, then let it be decided by the five and twenty barons of whom mention is made below in the clause for securing the peace. Moreover, for all those possessions, from which any one has, without the lawful judgment of his peers, be undeceased or removed, by our father, King Henry, or by our brother, King Richard, and which we retain in our hand, or which are possessed by others, to whom we are bound to warrant them, we shall have respite until the usual term of crusaders, excepting those things about which a plea has been raised, or an inquest made by our order, before our taking of the cross, but as soon as were, turned from our expedition, or if perchance we desist from the expedition, we will immediately grant full justice therein. 53. We shall have, moreover, the same respite and in the same manner in rendering justice concerning the disafforestation or retention of those forests which Henry our father and Richard our brother affirest, and concerning wardship of lands which are of the fief of another, namely, such wardships as we have hitherto had by reason of a fief which any one held of us by knight's service, and concerning abbeys founded on other fiefs than our own in which the lord of the fief claims to have. Right. And when we have returned, or if we desist from our expedition, we will immediately grant full justice to all who complain of such things. 54. No one shall be arrested or imprisoned upon the appeal of a woman, for the death of any other than her husband. 55. All fines made with us unjustly and against the law of the land— and all immersements imposed unjustly and against the law of the land, shall be entirely remitted, or else it shall be done concerning them according to the decision of the five and twenty barons of whom mention is made below in the clause for securing the peace, or according to the judgment of the majority of the same, along with the aforesaid Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, if he can be present, and such others as he may, wish to bring with him for this purpose. And if he cannot be present, the business shall nevertheless proceed without him, provided always that if any one or more of the aforesaid five and twenty barons are in a similar suit, they shall be removed as far as concerns this particular judgment, others being substituted in their places after having been selected by the rest of the same five and twenty for this purpose only, and after having been sworn. 56. If we have deceased or removed Welshmen from lands or liberties, or other things, without the legal judgment of their peers in England or in Wales, they shall be immediately restored to them. And if a dispute arise over this, then let it be decided in the marches by the judgment of their peers. For tenements in England according to the law of England, for tenements in Wales according to the law of Wales, and for tenements in the marches according to the law of the marches, Welshmen shall do the same to us and ours. 57. Further, for all those possessions from which any Welshman has, without the lawful judgment of his peers, been deceased or removed by King Henry our father or King Richard our brother, and which we retain in our hand, or which are possessed by others, to whom we are bound to warrant them, we shall have respite until the usual term of crusaders, excepting those things about which a plea has been raised or an inquest made by our order before we took the cross. But as soon as we return, or if, perchance we desist from our expedition, we will immediately grant full justice in accordance with the laws of the Welsh and in relation to the foresaid regions. 58. We will immediately give up the son of Llywelyn and all the hostages of Wales, and the charters delivered to us as security for the peace. 59. We will do toward Alexander, King of Scots, concerning the return of his sisters and his hostages, and concerning his franchises, and his right— In the same manner as we shall do toward our other barons of England, unless it ought to be otherwise according to the charters which we hold from William his father, formerly King of Scots, and this shall be according to the judgment of his peers in our court. 60. Moreover, all these aforesaid customs and liberties, the observance of which we have granted in our kingdom as far as pertains to us toward our men, shall be observed by all of our kingdom, as well clergy as laymen, as far as pertains to them toward their men. 61. Since, moreover, for God and the amendment of our kingdom and for the better allaying of the quarrel that has arisen between us and our barons, we have granted all these concessions, desirous that they should enjoy them in complete and firm endurance forever, we give and grant to them the underwritten security, namely, that the barons choose five and twenty barons of the kingdom, whomsoever they will, who shall be bound with all their might, to observe and hold, and cause to be observed." The peace and liberties we have granted and confirmed to them by this our present charter, so that if we, or our justiciar, or our bailiffs or any one of our officers, shall in anything be at fault toward any one, or shall have broken any one of the articles of the peace or of this security, and the offense be notified to four barons of the four said five and twenty, the said four barons shall repair to us, or our justiciar. If we are out of the realm, and laying the transgression before us, Petition to have that transgression redressed without delay. And if we shall not have corrected the transgression, or, in the event of our being out of the realm, if our justiciar shall not have corrected it, within forty days reckoning from the time it has been intimated to us, or to our justiciar, if we should be out of the realm, the four barons aforesaid shall refer that matter to the rest of the five and twenty barons, and those five and twenty barons shall, together with the community of the whole land, distrain and distress us in all possible ways, namely, by seizing our castles, lands, possessions, and in any other way they can, until redress has been obtained as they deem fit, saving harmless our own person, and the persons of our queen and children, and when redress has been obtained, they shall resume their old relations toward us. And let whoever in the country desires it, swear to obey the orders of the said five and twenty barons for the execution of all the aforesaid matters and along with them, to molest us to the utmost of his power. And we publicly and freely grant leave to every one who wishes to swear, and we shall never forbid any one to swear. All those, moreover, in the land who of themselves and of their own accord are unwilling to swear to the twenty-five to help them in constraining and molesting us, we shall by our command compel the same to swear to the effect aforesaid. And if any one of the five and twenty barons shall have died or departed from the land— or be incapacitated in any other manner which would prevent the foresaid provisions being carried out, those of the said twenty-five barons who are left shall choose another in his place according to their own judgment, and he shall be sworn in the same way as the others. Further, in all matters, the execution of which is entrusted to these twenty-five barons, if perchance these twenty-five are present, that which the majority of those present ordain or command shall be held as fixed and established." Exactly as if the whole twenty five had concurred in this, and the said twenty five shall swear that they will faithfully observe all that is aforesaid, and cause it to be observed with all their might. And we shall procure nothing from any one, directly or indirectly, whereby any part of these concessions and liberties might be revoked or diminished, and if any such thing has been procured, let it be void and null, and we shall never use it personally or by another. 62. And all the ill will, hatreds and bitterness that have arisen between us and our men clergy and lay from the date of the quarrel we have completely remitted and pardoned everyone moreover all trespasses occasioned by the said quarrel from easter in the 16th year of our reign till the restoration of peace we have fully remitted to all both clergy and laymen and completely forgiven as far as pertains to us and on this head we have caused to be made for them letters testimonial patent of the lord stephen Archbishop of Canterbury, of the Lord Henry, Archbishop of Dublin, of the bishops aforesaid, and of Master Pandolf as touching this security and the concessions aforesaid. 63. Wherefore it is our will, and we firmly enjoin, that the English Church be free, and that the men in our kingdom have and hold all the aforesaid liberties, rights, and concessions, well and peaceably, freely and quietly, fully and wholly, for themselves and their heirs, of us and our heirs, in all respects and in all places for ever, as is aforesaid. An oath, moreover, has been taken, as well on our part as on the part of the barons, that all these conditions aforesaid shall be kept in good faith, and without evil intent. Given under our hand, the above-named and many others being witnesses, in the meadow which is called Runnymede, between Windsor and Staines, on the fifteenth day of June, in the seventeenth year of our reign. The Text of the Magna Carta The Magna Carta, the Great Charter Preamble John, by the grace of God, King of England, Lord of Ireland, Duke of Normandy and Aquitaine, and Count of Anjou, to the archbishop, bishops, abbots, earls, barons, justiciaries, foresters, sheriffs, stewards, servants, and to all his bailiffs and liege subjects, greetings. Know that, having regard to God and for the salvation of our soul and those of all our ancestors and heirs, and unto the honour of God and the advancement of His Holy Church and for the rectifying of our realm, we have granted as underwritten by advice of our Venerable Fathers Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, Primate of all England and Cardinal of the Holy Roman Church, Henry, Archbishop of Dublin, William of London, Peter of Winchester, Jocelyn of Bath and Glastonbury, Hugh of Lincoln, Walter of Worcester, William of Coventry, Benedict of Rochester, bishops, of Master Pandulf, subdeacon and member of the household of Our Lord the Pope, of Brother Americ, master of the Knights of the Temple in England, and of the illustrious men William Marshall, Earl of Pembroke, William, Earl of Salisbury, William, Earl of Warren, William, Earl of Arundel, Alan of Galloway, Constable of Scotland, Warren Fitzgerald, Peter Fitzherbert, Hubert de Burgh, Seneschal of Poitou, Hugh de Neville, Matthew Fitzherbert, Thomas Bassett, Alan Bassett, Philip Daubigny, Robert of Ropesley, John Marshall, John Fitzhugh, and others, our liegemen. 1. In the first place we have granted to God, and by this our present charter confirmed for us and our heirs forever that the English church shall be free, and shall have her rights entire, and her liberties inviolate, and we will that it be thus observed, which is apparent from this that the freedom of elections— which is reckoned most important and very essential to the English Church, we, of our pure and unconstrained will, did grant, and did by our charter confirm, and did obtain the ratification of the same from our Lord Pope Innocent III, before the quarrel arose between us and our barons, and this we will observe, and our will is that it be observed in good faith by our heirs forever. We have also granted to all freemen of our kingdom, for us and our heirs forever all the underwritten liberties, to be had and held by them and their heirs, of us and our heirs for ever. 2. If any of our earls or barons, or others holding of us in chief by military service shall have died, and at the time of his death his heir shall be full of age and, O, relief, he shall have his inheritance by the old relief, to wit, the heir or heirs of an earl, for the whole baroncy of an earl by L100, the heir or heirs of a baron, L100 for a whole barony the heir or heirs of a knight, one-hundreds. At most, and whoever owes less let him give less, according to the ancient custom of fees. 3. If, however, the heir of any one of the aforesaid has been under age and in wardship, let him have his inheritance without relief and without fine when he comes of age. 4. The guardian of the land of an heir who is thus under age, shall take from the land of the heir nothing but reasonable produce, reasonable customs. And reasonable services, and that without destruction or waste of men or goods, and if we have committed the wardship of the lands of any such minor to the sheriff, or to any other who is responsible to us for its issues, and he has made destruction or waster of what he holds in wardship, we will take of him amends, and the land shall be committed to two lawful and discreet men of that fee, who shall be responsible for the issues to us or to him to whom we shall assign them. And if we have given or sold the wardship of any such land to any one and he has therein made destruction or waste he shall lose that wardship and it shall be transferred to two lawful and discreet men of that fief who shall be responsible to us in like manner as aforesaid 5 The guardian moreover so long as he has the wardship of the land shall keep up the houses parks fish ponds stanks mills and other things pertaining to the land out of the issues of the same land and he shall restore to the heir, when he has come to full age, all his land, stocked with plows and wainage, according as the season of husbandry shall require, and the issues of the land can reasonable bear. 6. Heirs shall be married without disparagement, yet so that before the marriage takes place the nearest in blood to that heir shall have notice. 7. A widow, after the death of her husband, shall forthwith and without difficulty have her marriage portion and inheritance. Nor shall she give anything for her dower, or for her marriage portion, or for the inheritance which her husband and she held on the day of the death of that husband, and she may remain in the house of her husband for forty days after his death, within which time her dower shall be assigned to her. 8. No widow shall be compelled to marry, so long as she prefers to live without a husband, provided always that she gives security not to marry without our consent, if she holds of us or without the consent of the lord of whom she holds, if she holds of another. 9. Either we nor our bailiffs will seize any land or rent for any debt, as long as the chattels of the debtor are sufficient to repay the debt. Nor shall the sureties of the debtor be distrained so long as the principal debtor is able to satisfy the debt. And if the principal debtor shall fail to pay the debt, having nothing wherewith to pay it, then the sureties shall answer for the debt. And let them have the lands and rents of the debtor, if they desire them, until they are indemnified for the debt which they have paid for him, unless the principal debtor can show proof that he is discharged thereof as against the said sureties. 10. If one who has borrowed from the Jews any sum, great or small, die before that loan be repaid, the debt shall not bear interest while the heir is under age, of whomsoever he may hold, and if the debt fall into our hands, we will not take anything except the principal sum contained in the bond. 11. And if any one die indebted to the Jews, his wife shall have her dower and pay nothing of that debt. And if any children of the deceased are left under age, necessary shall be provided for them in keeping with the holding of the deceased. And out of the residue the debt shall be paid, reserving, however, service due to feudal lords. In like manner let it be done touching debts due to others than Jews. 12. No scutage, not age shall be imposed on our kingdom, unless by common counsel of our kingdom, except for ransoming our person, for making our eldest son a knight, and for once marrying our eldest daughter, and for these there shall not be levied more than a reasonable aid. In like manner it shall be done concerning aids from the City of London. 13. And the City of London shall have all its ancient liberties and free customs, as well by land as by water. Furthermore, we decree and grant that all other cities, boroughs, towns, and ports shall have all their liberties and free customs. Fourteen, and for obtaining the common council of the kingdom and ant the assessing of an aid, except in the three cases aforesaid or of a scutage, we will cause to be summoned the archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, and greater barons severally by our letters, and we will move over cause to be summoned generally through our sheriffs and bailiffs and others who hold of us in chief for a fixed date, namely after the expiry of at least forty days, and at a fixed place, and in all letters of such summons we will specify the reason of the summons. And when the summons has thus been made, the business shall proceed on the day appointed, according to the counsel of such as are present, although not all who were summoned have come. 15. We will not for the future grant to anyone license to take an aid from his own free tenants, except to ransom his person, to make his eldest son a knight and wants to marry his eldest daughter, and on each of these occasions there shall be levied only a reasonable aid. sixteen. No one shall be distrained for performance of greater service for a knight's fee, or for any other free tenement, than is due therefrom. 17. Common pleas shall not follow our court, but shall be held in some fixed place. 18. Inquests of novel season of Mort de Ancestor and of Daurain presentment shall not be held elsewhere than in their own county courts, and that in manner following, we, or, if we should be out of the realm, our chief justiciar, will send two justiciaries through every county four times a year, who shall alone with four knights of the county chosen by the county, hold the said assizes in the county court, on the day and in the place of meeting of that court. 19. And if any of the said assizes cannot be taken on the day of the county court, Let there remain of the knights and freeholders, who were present at the county court on that day, as many as may be required for the efficient making of judgments, according as the business be more or less. 20. A freeman shall not be immersed for a slight offense, except in accordance with the degree of the offense, and for a grave offense he shall be immersed in accordance with the gravity of the offense, yet saving always his contentment, and a merchant in the same way, saving his merchandise and a villain shall be immersed in the same way, saving his wainage, if they have fallen into our mercy, and none of the aforesaid immersements shall be imposed except by the oath of honest men of the neighborhood. 21. Earls and barons shall not be immersed except through their peers, and only in accordance with the degree of the offense. 22. A clerk shall not be immersed in respect of his lay holding except after the manner of the others aforesaid. Further, he shall not be immersed in accordance with the extent of his ecclesiastical benefice. 23. No village or individual shall be compelled to make bridges at river banks, except those who from of old were legally bound to do so. 24. No sheriff, constable, coroners, or others of our bailiffs shall hold pleas of our crown. 25. All counties, hundred wapentakes, and try things, except our domain manors, shall remain at the old rents. And without any additional payment. 26. If any one holding of us a lay fief shall die, and our sheriff or bailiff shall exhibit our letters patent of summons for a debt which the deceased owed us, it shall be lawful for our sheriff or bailiff to attach and enroll the chattels of the deceased, found upon the lay fief, to the value of that debt, at the sight of law worthy men. Provided always that nothing whatever be thence removed until the debt which is evident shall be fully paid to us and the residue shall be left to the executors to fulfill the will of the deceased. And if there be nothing due from him to us, all the chattel shall go to the deceased, saving to his wife and children their reasonable shares. 27. If any freeman shall die intestate, his chattel shall be distributed by the hands of his nearest kinsfolk and friends, under supervision of the church, saving to every one the debts which the deceased owed to him. 28. No constable or other bailiff of ours shall take corn or other provisions from any one without immediately tendering money therefore, unless he can have postponement thereof by permission of the seller. 29. No constable shall compel any knight to give money in lieu of castle guard, when he is willing to perform it in his own person, or, if he himself cannot do it from any reasonable cause, then by another responsible man. Further, if we have led or sent him upon military service— he shall be relieved from guard in proportion to the time during which he has been on service because of us. 30. No sheriff or bailiff of ours, or other person, shall take the horses or carts of any freeman for transport duty, against the will of the said freeman. 31. Either we nor our bailiffs shall take, for our castles or for any other work of ours, wood which is not ours, against the will of the owner of that wood. 32. We will not retain beyond one year and one day, the lands those who have been convicted of felony, and the lands shall thereafter be handed over to the lords of the fiefs. 33. All titles for the future shall be removed altogether from Thames and Medway, and throughout all England, except upon the seashore. 34. The writ which is called proceed shall not for the future be issued to anyone, regarding any tenement whereby a freeman may lose his court. 35. Let there be one measure of wine throughout our whole realm, and one measure of ale, and one measure of corn, to wit, the London quarter, and one width of cloth, whether dyed, or russet, or halberget, to wit, two elves within the selvages, of weights also let it be as of measures. 36. Nothing in future shall be given or taken for a writ of inquisition of life or limbs, but freely it shall be granted, and never denied. 37. If any one holds of us by fee farm, either by sockage or by burage, or of any other land by knight's service, we will not, by reason of that farm, sockage or Burgage have the wardship of the heir, or of such land of his as if of the fief of that other, nor shall we have wardship of that fee farm, sockage or Burgage, unless such feefarm owes knight's service. We will not by reason of any small sergency which any one may hold of us by the service of rendering to us knives, arrows, or the like, have wardship of his heir or of the land which he holds of another lord by night's service. 38. No bailiff for the future shall, upon his own unsupported complaint, put any one to his law, without credible witnesses brought for this purposes. 39. No freeman shall be taken or imprisoned or deceased or exiled or in any way destroyed, nor will we go upon him nor send upon him, except by the lawful judgment of his peers or by the law of the land. 40. To no one will we sell, to no one will we refuse or delay, right or justice. 41. All merchants shall have safe and secure exit from England, and entry to England, with the right to tarry there and to move about as well by land as by water. For buying and selling by the ancient and right customs, quit from all evil tolls, except, in time of war, such merchants as are of the land at war with us. And if such are found in our land at the beginning of the war, they shall be detained, without injury to their bodies or goods, until information be received by us, or by our chief justiciar, how the merchants of our land found in the land at war with us are treated. And if our men are safe there, the others shall be safe in our land." 42. It shall be lawful in future for anyone, excepting always those imprisoned or outlawed in accordance with the law of the kingdom, and natives of any country at war with us, and merchants, who shall be treated as if above provided, to leave our kingdom and to return, safe and secure by land and water, except for a short period in time of war, on grounds of public policy reserving always the allegiance due to us. 43. If anyone holding of some escheat, Such as the honour of Wallingford, Nottingham, Boulogne, Lancaster, or of other escheats which are in our hands and our baronies, shall die, his heir shall give no other relief, and perform no other service to us than he would have done to the baron if that barony had been in the baron's hand, and we shall hold it in the same manner in which the baron held it. 44. Men who dwell without the forest need not henceforth come before our justiciaries of the forest upon a general summons, unless they are in plea or sureties of one or more, who are attached for the forest. 45. We will appoint as justices, constables, sheriffs, or bailiffs only such as know the law of the realm and mean to observe it well. 46. All barons who have founded abbeys, concerning which they hold charters from the kings of England, or of which they have long continued possession, shall have the wardship of them, when vacant, as they ought to have. 47. All forests that have been made such in our time shall forthwith be disafforested, and a similar course shall be followed with regard to river banks that have been placed, in defence, by us in our time. 48. All evil customs connected with forests and warrens, foresters and warreners, sheriffs and their officers, river banks and their wardens, shall immediately be inquired into in each county by twelve sworn knights of the same county chosen by the honest men of the same county, and shall, within forty days of the said inquest, be utterly abolished, so as never to be restored, provided always that we previously have intimation thereof, or our justiciar, if we should not be in England. 49. We will immediately restore all hostages and charters delivered to us by Englishmen, as sureties of the peace of faithful service. 50. We will entirely remove from their bailiwicks the relations of Gerard of Athie, so that in future they shall have no bailiwick in England, namely, Engelard of Sigoni, Peter, Guy, and Andrew of Chansos, Guy of Sigoni, Geoffrey of Martigny with his brothers, Philip Mark with his brothers and his nephew Geoffrey, and the whole brood of the same. 51. As soon as peace is restored, we will banish from the kingdom all foreign born knights, crossbowmen, sergeants, and mercenary soldiers who have come with horses and arms to the kingdom's hurt. 52. If any one has been dispossessed or removed by us, without the legal judgment of his peers, from his lands, castles, franchises, or from his right, we will immediately restore them to him. And if a dispute arise over this, then let it be decided by the five and twenty barons of whom mention is made below in the clause for securing the peace. Moreover, for all those possessions from which any one has, without the lawful judgment of his peers, been deceased or removed by our father, King Henry, or by our brother, King Richard, and which we retain in our hand, or which is possessed by others, to whom we are bound to warrant them, we shall have respite until the usual term of crusaders, excepting those things about which a plea has been raised, or an inquest made by our order, before our taking of the cross, but as soon as we return. From the expedition, we will immediately grant full justice therein. 53. We shall have, moreover, the same respite, and in the same manner in rendering justice concerning the disafforestation or retention of those forests which Henry our father and Richard our brother aforest, and concerning the wardship of lands which are of the fief of another, namely, such wardships as we have hitherto had by reason of a fief which any one held of us by knight's service, and concerning abbeys founded on other fiefs than our own, in which the lord of the fief claims to have. Right. And when we have returned— or if we desist from our expedition, we will immediately grant full justice to all who complain of such things. 54. No one shall be arrested or imprisoned upon the appeal of a woman, for the death of any other than her husband. 55. All fines made with us unjustly and against the law of the land, and all immersements, imposed unjustly and against the law of the land, shall be entirely remitted, or else it shall be done concerning them according to the decision of the five and twenty barons whom mention is made below in the clause for securing the peas, or according to the judgment of the majority of the same, along with the aforesaid Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, if he can be present, and such others as he may, wish to bring with him for this purpose, and if he cannot be present the business shall nevertheless proceed without him provided always that if any one or more of the aforesaid five and twenty barons are in a similar suit, they shall be removed as far as concerns this particular judgment, others being substituted in their places after having been selected by the rest of the same five and twenty for this purpose only, and after having been sworn. 56. If we have deceased or removed Welshmen from lands or liberties, or other things, without the legal judgment of their peers in England or in Wales, they shall be immediately restored to them, and if a dispute arise over this, then let it be decided in the marches by the judgment of their peers, for the tenements in England according to the law of England, for tenements in Wales according to the law of Wales, and for tenements in the marches according to the law of the marches. Welshmen shall do the same to us and ours. 57. Further, for all those possessions from which any Welshman has, without the lawful judgment of his peers, been deceased or removed by King Henry our father, or King Richard our brother, and which we retain in our hand, or which are possessed by others, and which we ought to warrant, we will have respite until the usual term of crusaders, excepting those things about which a plea has been raised or an inquest made by our order before we took the cross. But as soon as we return, or if perchance we desist from our expedition, we will immediately grant full justice in accordance with the laws of the Welsh. And in relation to the foresaid regents, fifty-eight, we will immediately give up the son of Llywelyn and all the hostages of Wales, and the charters delivered to us as security for the peace. Fifty-nine, we will do towards Alexander, king of Scots, concerning the return of his sisters and his hostages, and concerning his franchises and his right, in the same manner as we shall do towards our other barons of England unless it ought to be otherwise according to the charters which we hold from William his father, formerly king of Scots, and this shall be according to the judgment of his peers in our court. 60. Moreover, all these aforesaid customs and liberties, the observances of which we have granted in our kingdom as far as pertains to us towards our men, shall be observed be all of our kingdom, as well clergy as laymen, as far as pertains to them towards their men. 61. Since, move over for God and the amendment of our kingdom, and for the better allaying of the quarrel that has arisen between us and our barons, we have granted all these concessions, desirous that they should enjoy them in complete and firm endurance forever. We give and grant to them the underwritten security, namely, that the barons choose five and twenty barons of the kingdom, whomsoever they will, who shall be bound with all their might, to observe and hold, and cause to be observed. The peace and liberties we have granted and confirmed to them by this our present charter, so that if we, or our justiciar, or our bailiffs or any one of our officers, shall in anything be at fault towards any anyone, or shall have broken any one of the articles of this peace or of this security, and the offense be notified to four barons of the foresaid five and twenty, the said four barons shall repair to us, or our justiciar. If we are out of the realm, and laying the transgression before us, Petition to have that transgression redressed without delay. And if we shall not have corrected the transgression, or, in the event of our being out of the realm, if our justiciar shall not have corrected it, within forty days reckoning from the time it has been intimated to us, or to our justiciar, if we should be out of the realm, the four barons aforesaid shall refer that matter to the rest of the five and twenty barons, and those five and twenty barons shall, together with the community of the whole realm, distrain and distress us in all possible ways, namely, by seizing our castles, lands, possessions, and in any other way they can, until redress has been obtained as they deem fit, saving harmless our own person, and the persons of our queen and children, and when redress has been obtained, they shall resume their old relations towards us. And let whoever in the country desires it, swear to obey the orders of the said five and twenty barons for the execution of all the aforesaid matters and along with them, to molest us to the utmost of his power. And we publicly and freely grant leave to every one who wishes to swear, and we shall never forbid any one to swear. All those, move over, in the land who of themselves and of their own accord are unwilling to swear to the twenty-five to help them in constraining and molesting us. We shall by our command compel the same to swear to the effect foresaid. And if any one of the five and twenty barons shall have died or departed from the land, or be incapacitated in any other manner which would prevent the foresaid provisions being carried out, those of the said twenty-five barons who are left shall choose another in his place according to their own judgment, and he shall be sworn in the same way as the others. Further, in all matters, the execution of which is entrusted to these twenty-five barons, if perchance these twenty-five are present and disagree about anything, or if some of them, after being summoned, are unwilling or unable to be present, that which the majority of those present ordain or command shall be held as fixed and established, exactly as if the whole twenty-five had concurred in this. And the said twenty-five shall swear that they will faithfully observe all that is aforesaid, and cause it to be observed with all their might. And we shall procure nothing from anyone, directly or indirectly, whereby any part of these concessions and liberties might be revoked or diminished, and if any such thing has been procured, Let it be void and null, and we shall never use it personally or by another. 62. And all the will, hatreds, and bitterness that have arisen between us and our men, clergy and lay, from the date of the quarrel, we have completely remitted and pardoned to everyone. Moreover, all trespasses occasioned by the said quarrel, from Easter in the sixteenth year of our reign till the restoration of peace, we have fully remitted to all, both clergy and laymen, and completely forgiven as far as pertains to us. And on this head we have cause to be made for them letters testimonial patent of the Lord Stephen, Archbishop of Canterbury, of the Lord Henry, Archbishop of Dublin, of the bishops aforesaid, and of Master Pandolf as touching this security and the concessions aforesaid. 63. Wherefore we will and firmly order that the English Church be free, and that the men in our kingdom have and hold all the aforesaid liberties, rights, and concessions, Well and peaceably, freely and quietly, fully and wholly, for themselves and their heirs, of us and our heirs, in all respects and in all places forever, as is aforesaid. An oath, moreover, has been taken, as well on our part as on the part of the barons, that all these conditions aforesaid shall be kept in good faith, and without evil intent. Given under our hand the above named and many others being witnesses in the meadow which is called Runnymede, between Windsor and Staines, on the fifteenth day of June, in the seventeenth year of our reign.